Reading this morning from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6, 6 to 15. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Amen. Thank you very much, Claire. Good morning, everybody. So this morning, this is the latest in our series on our journey of hope, in which you will remember that we are looking at Paul's letter to the Colossians in order to identify the various steps along that journey. And we're up, we're up to, if you've been keeping count, step four. And step four is to be totally filled with the life of Jesus. From the passage that Claire read for us, we're going to focus on the beginning of verse 10, which says, you've been given fullness in Christ. You've been given fullness in Christ. Just a few words and really only part of a verse and on the face of it having a simple meaning. But as with much of what the Apostle Paul writes, the more that you look at it and the more you think about it, the greater is the depth of what he has to say. And one of the reasons why it seems hard to discern all that a verse like this is saying is that it's actually surrounded by other verses which equally seem loaded with meaning. It's almost like a sort of game of theological past the parcel where you aren't quite sure what the eventual prize is going to look like until you've taken off all the outer layers of wrapping paper. In this passage, the ultimate prize at the centre of the parcel is to understand what Paul is really promising to the Colossians and by extension to us too by these words about being given fullness in Christ. There's a few verses around verse 10, which, if we peel them away like the wrapping paper on the parcel, might enable us to see what it is that Paul has in mind. So what I want to do is, is begin by exploring four themes from the verses around verse 10, which are, if you like, the wrapping paper which we need to remove and examine as we get to the heart of the passage. 
So the first one is from verse 6, which says, Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. In other words, the fullness of Christ, which Paul is going to go on to talk about, is in part a continuous state of affairs. It's not just a one-off event. Secondly, verse 9 says, In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Now, you might remember a similar verse that we looked at in chapter 1, where verse 9 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Clearly, Paul has got something very profound in mind if, in one verse, he's saying that all the fullness of God lives in Jesus. And then in the very next verse says that we have been given fullness in Christ. Thirdly, in verse 11, we read, In him you were also circumcised. That's an odd thing to say, isn't it? When you're reading the Bible, or particularly when you're speaking, sometimes there are verses and bits which you wish weren't there because you think, well, that's a bit odd. And this is probably one of those things. What is it about circumcision that makes it belong in a passage about the fullness of Christ? And finally, we'll we'll look at verse 12, which, when speaking about that circumcision that's been done by Christ, Paul writes, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God. So what's that all about? So our key verse about being given fullness in Christ is, if you like, wrapped up in these various other ideas And once we've looked at those, we'll have an idea of what the prize looks like. So here's our first sheet of wrapping paper then. Let's go back to verse 6, which says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. As you received, continue. So Paul is reminding the Colossians of their initial faith in Christ, They received Christ Jesus by faith. But then he's telling them that it's not just a one-off thing being a Christian. They need to continue to live in him. Not that they need constantly to look for more of Christ as if they've not yet received the full package. But that they need to continue living in the light of their conversion to Christ. To be consistent with that calling. And we'll think about that in a moment when we come to look at verse 10 in more detail. Second sheet of wrapping paper to remove is in verse 9. We're reminded that all the fullness of God resides in Christ. All the fullness of God resides in Christ. So if we want to know the fullness of God, we need to look no further than Christ himself. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. You want to experience the full character and love and mercy of God in your life? Spend time with Jesus. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So this is a fairly large and significant piece of wrapping paper, which once we've peeled it away, we can get a pretty clear view of what the ultimate prize looks like. 
we can see that this fullness in Christ that Paul talks about involves nothing less than God himself coming to dwell in our hearts. What an amazing, life-changing idea that is. Before we explore it in a bit more depth, there's a couple of other perhaps slightly scruffy and odd bits of wrapping paper still stuck to our parcel. First one is this vexed question of circumcision. Why is that there at all? Well, you might remember that when we embarked on our journey through Colossians, we observed that Paul's letter to the Colossians seems to have been written in order to correct some errors which had crept into the teaching of the gospel in this young church. And scholars don't seem to be agreed on what the nature of that unhelpful teaching might have been. But this reference to circumcision is a clue that it might have been that there was a faction in the church that was advocating that the Jewish law still had to be followed even by those who had professed faith in Christ. If they wanted to enjoy full communion with God, they had to give themselves to Christ, but also they had to satisfy the old Jewish laws. And if that's the concern that Paul is addressing here, then that would be consistent with problems that he addressed in other churches as well. His answer is that because they've been circumcised by Christ, they don't need to go through that physical ritual that was such a central part of the Jewish practice. This too speaks of fullness. Some of the false teachers would have had the Colossians believe that only through both faith in Christ and adherence to the Jewish law could someone enjoy fullness of life. Paul says, no, in Christ there is all the fullness of God. Christ is all you need and fullness of life is there for you in him. How then does this, and this is our final bit of wrapping paper, how does this circumcision by Christ work? Well, verse 12 talks about being buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God. <clears throat> and this verse highlights another aspect of the importance of circumcision. Being one of God's people in Old Testament times was all about having the right genealogy, being born into the right race, the nation of Israel. And there were a number of marks, badges, if you like, that identified that you were one of the chosen race. And circumcision was one of them. So here in verse 12, Paul is talking about baptism and faith. Those are, if you like, the new circumcision. They're the marks, they're the badges that identify someone as belonging to the new covenant family of God. They're evidence that we belong. Faith and baptism are this identifying marks of a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the fact that Paul deals with this issue in the same paragraph of his letter as his comments about fullness in Christ suggests that fullness in Christ is not just something that we enjoy as individual Christians, it's also part of our common inheritance. 
If we've come into his kingdom through faith and baptism, if we bear those marks of membership, then one of the benefits of membership, what a wonderful, amazing benefit it is, is that we have been given fullness in Christ. So now that we've pulled off all those surrounding bits of wrapping paper, we can see more clearly what the prize, what this fullness of Christ looks like. Remember our key verse is verse 10. You have been given fullness in Christ. And let's note, first of all, the use of the past tense. It's not saying you will be given fullness. It's not saying you are being given fullness. It says you have been given fullness. When we become Christians, we are given fullness in Christ. So none of us should think that we're in any way lacking, that we need to go searching for something additional. Now, I know that it's sometimes helpful to think of faith like a journey, Indeed, our whole series is based on the idea of a journey of hope. But on this particular issue about fullness in Christ, it might actually be helpful to think of us as having arrived. Think of it like this. It's a little bit like the difference between a touring holiday and a one-center holiday. If you go on a touring holiday, your initial destination is just a stepping off point. You might look around and stay for a day or two in that initial destination, but it's really just a staging post to the next stop. By contrast, if you decide to go to a particular place for your holidays, once you get there, you've arrived. You'll spend your time exploring the place, enjoying it, becoming familiar with all it has to offer. As you received Christ, we read in verse 6, continue to live in him. In other words, having received Christ, don't think that you then have to move on to something extra, whether that might be adherence to the law or any other spiritual experience. No, simply continue to live in him. Explore the fullness of Christ in your life. Enjoy it. Spend time with him going deeper into what that fullness has to offer. The full splendor and wonder of God in the person of Jesus. We've been given fullness in Christ. How can God do this? Because, says Paul, he's the head over every power and authority. If all the fullness of God dwells in Christ, then it's in God's gift to share that fullness with whoever he chooses. Some of these concepts are really difficult to grasp, I think. The idea that we've been given fullness in Christ and that in him all the fullness of God dwells. The idea that by faith and baptism we've come into fullness in Christ, not just for us as individuals, but marking us out as a member of God's family, making us one with countless others who know that fullness for themselves. It's almost impossible to get our minds around it. And so God, in his wisdom and his mercy, gives us some simple reminders to bring to mind what it is that we've been given in Christ. And one of those reminders that he gives us 
is what we're going to be doing shortly, sharing bread and wine in the act of communion. The bread and wine serve mainly to remind us of the body and blood of Christ, broken and shed for us on the cross. But by taking and eating these elements, we're also celebrating the fact that God has come in all his fullness to dwell in us. We should enjoy exploring what that means, getting to know him, living in the same skin as him, so to speak. So let's celebrate and enjoy the promise that we have been given, fullness in Christ. And let that be a step that we take together on our journey of hope. Amen.